welcome to More Than Sunday, the podcast that aims to help you on your journey of discipleship, not just on Sundays, but on every other day of the week as well. You're listening to episode nine with me, Eve Powers and Hannah Malcolm. Hello. We hope you've been enjoying joining us on our year of discipleship so far. Which theme has resonated most with you? Which theme have you struggled with or found most challenging? Either way, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us your thoughts at morethansunday at manchester.anglican.org or tweet using the hashtag morethansunday or join our Facebook discipleship group and start your own conversation. Our theme this month is generosity. What role does generosity play in our discipleship? Is it enough to be generous of spirit? In what ways can we live generously? So, here to discuss generosity with us are two brilliant guests. The Dean of Manchester Cathedral, the very Reverend Rogers Govenda, and Archdeacon of Bolton, the Venerable Jean Burgess. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for joining us. Firstly, could you tell us, as we always ask everybody this, what does being a disciple mean to you? If we could start with you, Jean. Being a disciple, for me, has always been defined uh, by the words of Jesus, the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. And they funnel down into two words for me. Uh, both presence and practice. So the great commandment is about loving God with all of your heart and every piece of your being. So um, that helps you then. It says love your neighbour as yourself. And I think one of the things that we often miss out is loving ourselves first before we love our neighbour. And for me, that means getting to know who I really am in the light of who God is. So living in his presence so that I can be a presence to other people. And then there's the practice side, which is about going and making disciples. And um, I've always felt that it's not enough to be just present as a Christian, but actually you have to practice your Christian faith, which means following Jesus, telling other people about who he is, and then enabling them, introducing them to him Mm. so that they can also then uh, know his presence and then practice their faith in a real and live way. So that's what being a disciple means for me. That's fantastic, thank you. And Rogers, what about you? Mm, uh, that's uh, very helpful, Jane. Uh, somebody once said that you will never grow if you think you know everything. So I think for me, being a disciple is obviously to be a follower of Jesus and uh, to learn what it means to be a lifelong learner about Jesus and about the way of life that uh, he calls each and every one of us to. So for me, it's about learning something new about God, about Christ, about the kingdom, about what God expects of us on an everyday basis. That plainly and simply is what it means for me to be a disciple. So our theme that we're talking about today is generosity. And I'm curious to hear from both of you the ways that generosity has shaped your discipleship, Um, What does it mean to be a disciple who is generous? Um, Is there a link between the two? Um, If we come to Rogers first this time. Mm, uh, Yes, thank you. Uh, Generosity, I think, is a very important theme for us in our faith. It obviously begins with God's generosity to us in giving Jesus to us and for us. God's um, sacrifice in allowing Jesus to to die on the cross for our sakes. So I think generosity always begins with God, simply because God is who God is, and God is a God of abundance. Mm. And that abundance of God, of God's love in the first instance, and of all of God's gifts of grace and mercy and kindness and goodness is what oozes into the world. 
some would call that the great energy of God. And then, of course, uh, if we are to be learning about the ways of Christ, it is about learning to live as God lives and as mm. God is, rather, um, which means to be generous with ourselves, to be generous in the words of the, the regular stewardship campaigns, mm. being generous with our time, with our experiences or talents, and being generous with our money. I've been a parish priest and now a dean of a cathedral for a number of years. And I can honestly say that most of the churches that I've worked in have been struggling poor churches. And had it not been for the generosity of my parishioners, as well as well-wishers and supporters in the community, uh, we would not really be able to do God's work. So... The gospel and uh, sharing the good news, building the church, building the kingdom is um, very dependent on the generosity, firstly, of the disciples of Christ in the church. And I find that when people take their discipleship seriously, then they, they're willing to empty their pockets a bit more sacrificially. And that's been my experience as a parish priest over almost, well, three and a half decades, virtually. Mm. I think generosity is quite a counter-cultural thing. I think we live in a society that is very I-centric, and I think that generosity is very much about the common good. Mm. And I think over, I would say, probably the last 20 to 30 years, that aspect of common good generally seems to have dissipated. I sometimes wonder, you, you know, you see people do these amazing acts for charity or, and, and people go, oh, that's incredible. It often is incredible, but I wonder whether it seems more incredible because we see so little generosity in our everyday lives. I think where uh, Rogers was saying about the example of Christ and the example of God, um, that's as a Christian, that is what drives my generosity. If you look at uh, many of the stories in the Bible of Jesus dealing with people, he doesn't just give them a little bit. He gives them more than they need and more than anyone else needs. If you take the feeding of the 5,000, for example, mm. then people aren't just uh, given a little bit of bread so they don't starve. They're given more than they can eat, 12 baskets more that can be given away to others. And so it's that kind of generosity, God's generosity to us that sort of inspires me. But I think it is quite countercultural these days. And I think that's really very important as a church that as we struggle financially, we still continue to be generous um, across the board, including financially. If you look at the widow's mite, for example, Jesus is watching this woman uh, put in everything she has, humanly possible. You, you think, well, that's a bit stupid. Why didn't she keep a bit back for herself? But her trust in God is so big that she knows if she gives all to him he will give all to her and I think that's where we as Christians need to stand even when we struggle too we need to see what God has done can do and trust him that he will do more so that I suppose sums up mm. generosity for me. It's interesting I think the theme that is coming out of both of your um, kind of experiences or understandings of generosity it seems to be that there's this sense that because of who God is, you can act in ways that are no longer worried about what you'll get back from the other person. 
And maybe that's one of the challenges we have in our society um, more generally is that we, we've learned to be so defensive so cautious um, you know um, people will say oh you shouldn't give money to that organization or they might spend it wrong or oh that person won't use the money in a wise way so don't give to them or are they really gonna um, are they a real friend to you should you really be generous to them and we, we walk around worried that we're going to be that we're being too naive or that we have to we have to be more like cunning or that we have to operate in the world in a way which makes really smart choices and it almost sounds as though trying to live in those ways inhibits our ability to be generous because we're so concerned about well is this going to be a good rate of return will this be Mm. the most efficient way that i could use this money use this time that we we're not willing to commit to giving to anything but it sounds as though it's god's generosity to us that frees us from that because god gives with no rate of return that we can offer god gives um god fed for example we talk about feeding the five thousand. jesus feeds all those people having you know knowing full well that not all of them would feed him back or follow him or any of those things so that we're freed then to live in generous ways and almost that that's something that we're going to need in order to keep being generous to be able to let go of um the expectation of of something coming back. I wonder if that resonates with either of you or your experiences yeah, yeah. Of, of work in the church. I think for me, I think it, uh, it quite rightly begins with God in mm. Christ. And I think it, 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 it sort of depends too on our theological lens. When I read the Gospels, when I preach very often, uh, I try to get people to understand that what Jesus is really telling us or teaching us is really what the very nature of God is. So when he talks about blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy, he's speaking about God who is merciful. And if we if we understand God as a God of 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 abundance, mm. then uh, we will stop fretting as much as we do. Uh, let me move on to say saying something else, which I believe very implicitly in, and that is the role of faith and belief. And let me give you an example from my current work at the cathedral. Mm. Some of you will be aware uh, that about just under two years ago, we installed a new cathedral organ. Mm. That organ cost a lot of money. And we take music in our worship and, and our culture very seriously, historically as well as today. When this project was kicked off, when I launched this project about 10 years ago, my colleagues on the cathedral chapter, the PCC equivalent, said to me, where are you going to get all this money from? And this was when the economy collapsed around about 2008. And, and I said, folks, that's a very valid question. Where are we going to get so much money from? I said, we have to get the vision right. And I believe that if we have the vision right, and we do believe implicitly by faith that it is God's vision for us and God's desire for us, we've got to believe that God will produce the money. And I don't want to make this sound simplistic. Long story short, I had people give me money in abundance. We had fundraising campaigns and dinners, and uh, we put out sort of the bump to say, this is what we're doing. Uh, we put out information in our newsletters. One person who worshipped in the cathedral way, way back was now worshipping in another parish, saw the, 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 the need and sent us money in her legacy. 
A Jewish member of the community who heard what I was on about and my appeal said to me, Rogers, I'm pledging £2 million towards your organ. One person who came to one of our fundraising dinners, not a member of the congregation at all, but a supporter of the cathedral, whom I went to visit uh, following a fundraising dinner, um, sitting, I was sitting in her lounge with her husband, and uh, she said to me, well, Mr. Dean, how much would you like? And me, very shyly, feeling very awkward. I've never asked for money in that kind of way before. I said, well, I'm happy to have anything you're willing to offer us, rather sort of shyly. And she said to me, if I offer you £100,000, is that all right? I kid you not. I kid you not. I nearly fell off my chair. But I did have to, it all began with me saying to my chapter, we've got to believe that this is what God wants, and we're going to trust that God's going to provide it. And I believe that. And that's the, the, the journey we've been on over the last mm. decade. And you know what? God produced the gifts and the abilities and the personnel and the people. It wasn't just money. Yeah. It was people giving of their time voluntarily to work with me and colleagues to design this organ, to sit on committees and permission-giving bodies and all of that. So generosity is about money, but about mm. people's time, about sharing their experiences. But you know what? I really do believe that especially in terms of Christian ministry, it is an act of faith. we got to believe, as Jean said, mm. that God is a God of abundance and the Lord will provide. Believe him, trust him. I can tell you umpteen stories from my years of ministry where God has always provided when we believe and ask in faith. It's not a kind of um, asking, you know, uh, glibly and sort of matter of fact, well, it'll happen in its own way, won't it? We've really got to believe that. That's what our faith is all about, having faith. Mustard seed faith a lot of the time. Mm. But without faith, I don't think we're going to experience that generosity from God or from God's people. Does that resonate with your experience as well, Jean, in your role? Yeah, very much so. But also I think that it comes down to personal discipleship as well, where particularly I think where finance is concerned. When I first became a Christian, the church that I uh, became a Christian at, I was 16, Part of their teaching about discipleship was very much about uh, your money. Uh, this morning I was reading um, those verses which talk about, you know, where, you, where your treasure is, uh, that's where your heart is. And I think there is something about being a good disciple where our purses are that's quite important. So when I became a Christian at 16, part of my discipleship teaching was that you tithed, you gave 10% of whatever was coming in to God and that we trusted him. He, he actually, in a sense, he left us with the, the 90% and that we could do whatever we liked with, but that 10% was his. And um, we've always kind of lived our lives uh, in that way. And we found that when times have been good financially, when times have been difficult financially, we found that God has really blessed us. Um, recently, uh, my grandson was quite poorly and in hospital in Bristol. Uh, his mum and dad live in Cheltenham and um, my son works for a Christian charity working with young people. Um, they have a, a, an account called Stewardship uh, where just occasionally people might bless them with finances and um, they were living in Bristol because my grandson was in hospital for three weeks and sort of out of the blue, uh, anonymously, someone gave them a significant amount of money which enabled them to stay in Bristol with him and we have found as we have been honourable with our finances personally um, to God, then actually 
he stepped in when we've needed, mm. often yeah. without asking, actually. Absolutely. And I found that uh, personally uh, in the parishes that we've led. I remember in my curacy, we first went there and... Um, it was a church that was struggling in many different ways, particularly financially. They used to have lots of uh, you know, Christmas fairs and things like that to raise money. It's never been my particular um, bag, if you like. And so I spent a lot of time trying to persuade them that those Christmas fairs should be family fun days where we bless the community. Mm. And what we found was as we, in a sense, blessed our community, what financially we received more than we would have done if we'd have actually been asking for money. Mm. I remember one day putting aside a prayer day with my training incumbent and uh, we were praying for, for finances and uh, we'd had a bit of criticism because we put days aside to pray and people were saying oh you should be out working doing you know God's work we were praying <laughs> and we arrived back uh, one day to find a cheque for a thousand pound on his doorstep. Uh, and then a few days later, someone else gave us a significant amount of money as we prayed. And we found that, I found that God has been faithful, not as in such big ways as uh, Rogers was, was saying around the cathedral, because I've been in smaller parishes. Uh, but I've, I know God is a faithful God. And as we serve him faithfully, he's faithful to us. Well, well, you're right. I mean, it's not about, about the big amounts. Hmm. Um, very recently, um, in Advent, actually, uh, we decided at the cathedral to change our gospel book uh, because we're getting all tatty and, uh, you know, when you was being read, it, it's read regularly and used regularly and we decided to replace it. Uh, but what I did was, before we used the book on that particular Sunday, I think it was Advent Sunday, I said a few words at the beginning of the service. I stood in the front, I held up the gospel book and I explained what we were doing today and I was, I was going to say a short prayer of blessing over this new gospel book um, that we use in the procession and, um, and explain all of that and uh, proceeded to hold the book up and we prayed over this book and blessed it in God's name. And uh, off it went onto the altar uh, where it normally is um, placed. And at the end of the service, a member of my congregation came to me and said to me, Roger, that was really lovely that you blessed the new gospel book. Uh, how much was it? I'll, I'll, I'll just tell me how much it, it cost and I'll gladly pay for it. I never asked him, anybody, never asked anybody mm. for money. All we did was bless the book and explain the significance of the book and why we were getting a new book and so on. And uh, he spontaneously said, uh, I'll pay for it. Uh, so, and that it wasn't going to cost hundreds of pounds. Uh, but here was somebody who was responding to, mm -hmm. to something liturgical, something in the service. Uh, and I, I was obviously very grateful. Every, every sort of uh, pound makes a big difference. Let me go on to say something else about generosity. And again, it's from, from parish experience, cathedral experience, and personal experience, and so on. I don't think we must also, I, don't, I also don't think we must expect people to be generous unless we share with them some of the needs. So, like I said earlier on, we, we wanted, we believed that it was right to replace our organ. We put the story out there, we put the narrative out there. Um, so things like fundraising is, is not a bad thing. It's a good thing know. because we're letting, letting yeah. people know what the needs are. Um, the, the second thing I would want to say, clergy are not good at it. I'm not very good at it at all. 
But sometimes we have to ask. Mm. Uh, because we give people permission, sometimes people just need a little bit of encouragement, and uh, and people will respond. Um, and I found that, and I'm mm. sure you found that, Jean, that people will respond when you say, uh, "Here's a particular need, um, and it's going to cost so much." Uh, I did that many years ago in my first parish. Um, we did, you know, every good Anglican ought to have a prayer book. Um, you know, the prayer book, in whatever form it is, helps us in our worship, in our, in our sort of spirituality and so on. And I went to this first parish, no prayer books, no money, 20 pensioners in my congregation. And I thought it'd be a good idea to have some Anglican prayer books and some hymn books. And to the end of one of my services in my first few months then I said, folks, it'd be really good to have some new prayer books. We really are struggling uh, with our liturgy um, and so on. At the end of the service, somebody said to me, Rogers, you know, shaking hands with everybody, said to me, Rogers, you know what? Uh, I don't usually carry my checkbook to church. How much are the prayer books? He said, well, yeah, it is. And, and I made the need known, and he mm. responded. Uh, and I think um, we, we sometimes need to give people permission, if you mm. like, to be generous. And there's something uh, there about admitting our vulnerability, isn't there, as well? That we, we We're actually afraid to ask because we don't want people to know that we, we rely on help for other people. But um, part of being in the body of Christ is that we... We have to be willing to be the one that receives, mm. not just gives. Indeed. And when we open ourselves mm. up to receive, we give other people an opportunity to honour that, yeah. um, to give to us and to, to practice their spiritual gifts too, um, which I think can be something that's hard because we want to be the one that is the giver or that, um, you know, we all of us want to be the one that doesn't really need as much help that we can mm. help others. But mm. to receive as well is part of what we can give to our communities to be willing to receive, um, mm. whether it's hospitality, whether it's money, whether it's people's time, um, whether it's their prayers and mm. support, to be to be willing to receive that, to be vulnerable, yeah. um, I think is really important in this. Mm. Um, so there's a, there's a sort of theme emerging here about the need to help people find opportunities to practice generosity. Um, and I, that really resonates with me because mm. I, I know from my own experience that unless it's something I, you know, unless it's something we practice, it's like a muscle that it, it gets weak and yeah. it doesn't work so well. That to be to continue being generous, mm. we have to actively find opportunities to do it and not just expect that when the moment comes along, we'll just be able to do it naturally, um, which can sometimes be hard to admit to ourselves. But I, I wonder how these different themes of um, giving in different ways tie into developing a wider spirit of generosity? Or what does it mean to approach people around us with a generous spirit? Um, not just in those practical ways, but in, in, our, in our outlook. I mean, I think just even the way that we... I suppose it goes back to practice and presence, doesn't mm. it, as well? And the two intertwine. I think that one of the things that has struck me being uh, a little bit further north, mm -hmm. I was in the Midlands before, is I have found people to be much more open and warmer generally. And I've had to discipline myself to respond to that. Hmm. So, for example, when I first got here, I'd nipped uh, down into Tesco's uh, to buy a dustpan and brush and a mop. And <laughs> I was standing at the uh, traffic lights, uh, waiting to go back to my car, standing with these things. And suddenly this woman next to me started talking to me. And took me a bit by surprise because it kind of wouldn't happen in Derby. Um, and, uh, no offence, Derby. Yeah, no offence, Derby. No. Um, 
wouldn't happen a lot, perhaps, should I say. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of had to discipline myself to respond to her. And uh, we kind of walked across the traffic lights together. And uh, and then we had this conversation, the opposite side of the road. They, they'd moved house uh, not, not long ago when we were just talking about the how difficult it can be and how tiring it can be. And in a sense, that's a generosity of spirit because um, giving some time to that person who wanted to speak to me, yeah. I don't know why, she just saw the brush, <laughs> but it was an opportunity and, and probably a God-given opportunity to be able to say, she asked me why we were in Bury, and I was explaining what I uh, was going to do. Not that she understood what an archdeacon uh, does. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> but uh, it, it was a God-given opportunity. So sometimes being, ha- mm. being having a generous spirit is one about discipline yeah. because sometimes it takes you away from your given plan. Because I wanted to get back to my car, get home, start doing a bit more cleaning, mm. not spending 10 minutes talking to somebody at the, uh, the other side of the road. Uh, and sometimes it is a God-given opportunity and maybe we need our uh, spiritual eyes and ears switched on as much as our human ones. So holding plans lightly mm. as part of what it means to be generous with yes. people, holding our own plans and ideas lightly. Mm. Rogers. I wonder whether we in the church actually realise just what a charitable nation we are. We are generous. We just need to recognise it's there. And maybe, as you were saying, Jean, we're going to think about it and maybe be a little bit more conscious that it's happening and maybe a bit more deliberate and intentional in terms of sharing with people in need who are vulnerable in the congregation Mm. or in the community or amongst our families, dare I say. And, and, and share it with the church in terms of the church's needs. Uh, well, I want to say it's there. We're just going to learn how to tap into it, remind one another, maybe maybe also sort of thank one another a bit more, have that spirit of generosity mm. that you, being generous in spirit that you talked about earlier on. I think when there's a positive kind of vibe around, why wouldn't you want to give? Mm. I think... I've got an example of a really a parish who's doing that really well. Mm. Um, you might know them, Jean. It's uh, St. Catherine's in Blackrod, um, mm. who are in the Bolton mm-hmm. Archdeaconry. Yeah. They are fantastic about how vocal they are about finances. They're very clear about what they need to raise, mm. where the money's going, mm. and what, what it's for. Yeah. They put it in their parish magazine every month. They also have a summer fair that is a scarecrow festival that has grown and grown and grown, and it's fab. I went last year, and it was just incredible. It started with a few people putting scarecrows in their front gardens. It's now grown to over 130 scarecrows. The whole village takes part, churchgoers, non-churchgoers, and people want to do it because they want to contribute to their community, and they have a generosity of spirit for the place that they live. Now, the church has been really clever about it because they've got the Methodist church down the road to also have their church fate on the same day and the school mm. to have their fate on the same day. So the footfall is absolutely huge. They raise over £10,000 on that weekend every single year mm. and they're able to split those profits equally between mm. the organisations that contribute and give a gift to the village. So they've done all sorts. You know, they've done things for the people of that town through 
a church-led initiative, a parish-led initiative, and they also can support charities like Urban Outreach, which is the fantastic um, food charity that works with food poverty and and the people in the Bolton area. And I just think that's a fantastic example Mm. for any churches that are wondering how on earth do we get started Mm. with financial generosity and where, where do we go... Have a look at Blackrod. Ask for their parish magazine because really, they, I, I find them inspiring. Yeah, it is wonderful. They That's are a lovely story. Yeah, I think we shouldn't forget as a church that as we model what God has done for us, His generosity and abundance, that actually we are a church that is generous in worship. Mm. Uh, and by that I mean everyone, anyone, is welcome through the door. And uh, often, particularly in times of crisis. People of some faith, no faith, little faith, will actually turn and look uh, to a place of faith, Mm. to people they feel they can trust and look for help. And um, I think we mustn't forget that actually Mm. we do have an open door. And um, that in itself models the generosity of God, that we are open in worship to everybody. Yeah, thank you to both of you, Rogers and Jean, for um, all the stories you brought, all the wisdom you've brought from your years of experience. Um, and I, I really hope that for everyone listening, this has been a real encouragement. It's certainly been for me as we think about generosity this month. Um, so what actions are we suggesting? Well, there may be things that you've heard today that you think, oh, that's something I really want to take on. And particularly that challenge um, to churches to think about the ways that we talk about um, generosity in our congregations, I think is a really helpful one. And for people as individuals that are listening, um, there may be some of the following that help you to start um, thinking about that that journey of generosity. One of them might be to try to set up um, a regular donation to a charity or an organisation you care about, perhaps that will be in your local community or perhaps on the other side of the world Um, to make that step from one-off donations when you hear about something to committing to someone or something regularly to give perhaps for some of the money you've saved from what you've given up for Lent this year Um, we've talked a lot about time maybe you could volunteer at church in a role you haven't had before or with a local organisation we've talked about being a listening ear and maybe this month we can try and practice that generosity of spirit not just to wait for people to walk up to us to start a conversation but also to try to live in a way which makes ourselves open um, to conversation with others open to hearing people's stories especially in situations where maybe we would be less naturally open to hearing them um, particularly practicing generosity with those who might be different to us or or might be more inconvenient to us um, whatever it is so let us know how you get on with those actions. As always, we really want to hear how um, it goes for you um, so that we can encourage each other as we make these changes together. Thank you for listening to More Than Sunday. We'll be back next month when our theme will be witness. Mm-hmm.